Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we are going to talk about the much-beloved topic of being happy. Sounds like a happy idea. It sure does. Yeah. Well, I thought I would start us off with um, a suggestion for everyone to look at their beliefs about being happy. Our culture teaches us a, lo a lot about happiness has to be paid for in the form of misery, uh, that somehow we have to suffer and suffer, and then we can become uh, happier. Or, or It's like if uh, I found or I have observed that people are far more comfortable being miserable with the promise of happiness than being happy and then having to fear losing it or having to guard it in some way. But what if happiness were free? I had even done some bumper stickers years ago uh, that said happiness is free. And what if it was? What if you didn't have to pay for it in misery or suffering or doing any kind of penance in order to get it? So what are your beliefs about being happy? Well, do you, are you afraid that people will get jealous if you're happy? Because that seems to be a body of evidential type circumstances uh, that people find themselves into when they get happy, all of a sudden then everybody is uh, uncomfortable with that. That's why I say legalize happiness because a lot of times people... Yeah, well there is a real resentment if you're the happy person. People can't stand happiness. It's contrary to uh, uh, unhappiness. And unhappiness is clearly the norm in our society, in our world. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's silly because, um, you know, over the years so many people have asked, what is the meaning of happiness? What is the meaning of life? And uh, actually the meaning of life is having fun. The more fun you're, you're having, the more alive you are. And the less fun mm -hmm. you're having, the less alive you are. It's simply math. The meaning of life is joy, is happiness, is this creation process that we're all involved in. And um, people find uh, an unbelievable plethora of reasons not to be happy. As a matter of fact, if you're happy for more than a moment, this little alarm goes off, this can't be happening, this can't be real. <laughs> too good to this, be true. <laughs> yeah, too good to be true, that is exactly. And we've been trained with that ridiculous statement uh, from the beginning of our lifetime, from the beginning of our, our education, from the beginning. And so it's not too good to be true. Being happy is very, very good. Being happy is who we came here to be. Uh, being happiness is a source of life. There is the expression, and it's a real one, the best medicine is laughter. And uh, very true, we knew of someone who um, cured himself of cancer by watching the Marx Brothers movies nonstop for about three weeks, and then he was completely healthy again. Uh, because the happiness and laughter are uh, kinfolk. Wasn't it and Deepak Chopra it was talking about, you know, on the subject of laughing and being happy that... Interleukins. Interleukins. Yeah. And um, that... that is actually a substance you can buy or get injected with, but it's very expensive. And you can create it yourself uh -huh. if you happen to like going on, this is Deepak Chopra, 
if you happen to like going on a roller coaster and you have to actually like it, you will come off of that roller coaster absolutely dosed in interleukins. You could have um, total cancer at the beginning of the ride and step off of it perfectly clear because interleukins are a magic formula the body comes up with uh, that will cure anything, okay? Now, if you don't like going on the roller coaster, when you get off of the roller You'll coaster- have jittery you molecules. <laughs> Deepak Chopra, yeah. That, uh, and we're all familiar with jittery molecules, it mm -hmm. is the idea. Mm -hmm. That um, uh, we aren't safe, and that's just a lovely way to go through life. But it's, uh, safe is not a real word. There is no such thing as safe because there is no such thing as not safe. Now, I grant you, reincarnation may be involved. However, none of us are not safe. All of us are safe. None of us aren't, aren't safe. There, I hey, said it remember, I twice. The very first show we did together was the opening of the Third Eye Ceremony. Could be. Yeah, and that was the exactly what my guide gave me in that was there's no such thing as safe because there's no such thing as unsafe. Yeah. And it was very powerful to me to Absolutely. See that. Yeah. yeah. There so, was a number of words just simply aren't real. Risk is not a real word. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no such thing as risk as, as much as we would love to be as love as uh, as much as the adrenaline junkie would like to see things unsafe in order to get the rush. No, it's it's all a thin veil of lies you've been telling yourself. And another part of the thin veil of lies is, lies is unhappiness. You're not really, it's not possible to be unhappy. You have to decide to be, and then you have to build a body of evidence to reinforce <coughs> your idea that you are unhappy. And then that is what's going on. And I just wanted to add, this is indeed a call-in show. If you have any question during the show that you, um, and we had said we might do dream interpretation as no, um, well, but yeah, I know, I understand the topic. I'm just saying call in if you have a question you would like to ask. It's a very, very good and bold thing to do because you do become uh, the voice of many people who are not calling in with the same question. Yes, and um, after the duck, uh, yes, indeed, I was going to also uh, share our formatting with people because even though a lot of people have watched for a long time, we have new viewers all the time, but you can call in at any time during the show and ask questions or uh, join in on the conversation. And then after we do the duck segment, which is usually about a quarter after nine, you can call in for reading and I would be happy to pull cards for you at that point. But feel free to call in with questions anytime. Mm -hmm. But as far as happiness, often we put rules and conditions on happiness, like I was saying, in our, um, depending on our belief system. So what rules do you have? Do you have rules that say you can be happy as long as everyone is happy? Or do you have rules that say you can, uh, that you have to be unhappy if others are, that it's not being kind and you're not being compassionate? Do you have rules that it's only okay to be happy in certain contexts and certain things and in other ways you're not allowed to be happy? Have a look at what your rules are around happiness. This is a big secret and a big key uncovered and unlocked as far as unlocking your own happiness and having it um, available to you at all time. And also, the um, idea of uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, 
we pursue it, we give ourselves permission to pursue it, but nowhere do we have it etched in stone that it's okay to find happiness. Perhaps people are afraid to find happiness. What do we do with it once we get it? What does that mean? I think people also believe that happiness is in a location somewhere. It's a location in a state of mind or an alternate reality or in another location or in another time. But as long as you see happiness as something separate from you, it's going to remain elusive. And sometimes that happiness remains elusive to lead us into other territory. But if you give yourself permission to be happy now, to have it present in the present moment, rather than in another location or time, then that is the secret right there. Our language is dead set against happiness because there are, there are more words to describe doubt than any other particular uh, axiom in our language, I think. Did you hear the joke? Okay. There are more methods of becoming unhappy than methods of becoming happy. Uh, just the way our brains are set up and therefore our reality is set up and since we can't tell the difference between our brain and our reality and we really can't and moreover the, uh, the brain happens to work on language and since there are a preponderance of uh, words in our language that would keep us from being happy therefore it looks as though it would be uphill but it doesn't have to be you can be happy simply because you're happy and uh, you know seeking a motivation to be happy while I agree about that that's not really the way to be happy happiness is a state of mind I mean mind and this process of rendering yourself happy uh, is not nearly so much about doing away with things that make you unhappy as it is this process of pulling happiness uh, as a direct connect, pulling happiness from within you, pulling happiness uh, in a supernal fashion, pulling happiness just out of the air because you certainly can pull being unhappy right out of the air. Have you noticed that? You're kind of a past master at pulling, this won't last, that, that isn't going to do you any good. Uh, what, are, what do you do when they find out and who are they and you know all of these axioms we have that uh, oh I'm just happy oh god there must be something the matter that I have it's a trick it's a trick and you know that's what the brain sounds like until you take over your own brain and <laughs> go ahead do it I'm staging the revolution now who are you and by what authority by the authority of I am well get out of here you're just not real yeah I'm more real than you yeah, no, this is the deal. You, you have, you, what percent of your life are you responsible for? Okay, I said the other day that, uh, wrote the article too for the new book, slavery is the perfect drug. Really, why would you say that? Well, because as a slave, you take absolutely no responsibility for yourself and you have a short life that is spent being a victim and blaming. And there's no better narcotic than that because you don't feel a thing. You become numb, you become calloused, you become insensitive. Whereas the happier you are, the more you are the opposite of these things, meaning that you're extremely sensitive. If you're happy, you, you, there's no way to describe. 
you have senses you don't have when you're unhappy. When you're unhappy, this is a shutdown mechanism. When you are, are happy, it's a, a breath in, it's a vibrance, it's a um, state of being, it's a brilliance, it's a uh, joy, it's a radiance, it's a lot of things that are ineffable. And, but the unhappiness is much easier to describe. It's misery and your spine bends and you're never really quite awake and you're just waiting for the end of the day, the end of the week. Oh, just say it, you're waiting for the end of your life. The more unhappy you want to be, the shorter you want to be around here. And it's all myth. None of this has to happen this way. It's very easy to haul off and just become aware. The more reality, the more you realize, the more reality you have to work with. And when you have a lot of reality to work with, it's much easier to construct it as happiness than to construct it as unhappiness. The unhappiness is anti-everything. It's certainly, uh, what do they call it, antioxidants? Is that the term? I don't know. I what do think you mean? it's occidental then. Isn't that the thing that there is There is a to word called antioxidants, but I don't know what you mean. And that's supposed to cause you, you to live longer because it keeps you from oxidizing. It pulls out free radicals from your body. And free okay. radicals is well, what ages you and makes you sick. So happiness pulls free radicals out of your body. Yes. Have that tattooed on the back of your car in the form of a bumper sticker. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. Yeah, because all bumper stickers are temporary tattoos. True. Well, another... That's very, well, that's interesting, for sure. Good. Uh, they're sticky tattoos. Well, another way, another pathway to happiness, and remember the path, the happiness exists within your, it's all coming, the call's coming from inside your head, mm -hmm. so to speak, because happiness cannot possibly exist on another place, on this grid of reality. It only exists in the place where you are. And so you are the center of the party. I remember, Years ago, at this particularly uh, less vibrant, uh, energetically time in my life, I was looking out my uh, apartment window, and there were houses that backed up there, and you could see many people having Fourth of July cookouts or something, and I just felt like I was shut out or lonely or something. I don't, you know, it was an assortment of feelings, and then I realized that that's because I was placing this value called happiness over there, somehow I thought that was the center of the universe and I forgot that I'm always at the center of my own universe. So I am always where the fun is. I am always where the moment, that point of uh, happiness is. And it was very powerful for me to realize that and I just remind myself of it. And I have many times since then in many assortments of ways. But something I wanted to bring up also is letting things go little things go. Now we all get caught in this where somebody's saying something or doing something, it bothers us, it's unfair, whatever. And so we're seeking to constantly manipulate our reality to convert it into something that is acceptable to us in order for us to be happy. It's like we hold our happiness hostage. But what one, of, one day I was watching Steve Martin in a stand-up comedy thing way back in the early 70s. And he was saying that he was so poor he couldn't afford wall-to-wall -wall carpeting, so he glued carpet samples to his shoes. Well, I thought it was very amusing, but I, I thought it was a great metaphor as well. 
because what we tend to do is try to manipulate reality to be something that we can allow ourselves to be happy within. And it's like we go into every room and we lay carpet trying to get it to be a place that's acceptable or safe or whatever this is. And then we get comfortable in that room and something comes and kicks our butt and we have to leave the room and it's like, oh no, I have to lay all this carpet again. And it's this frenzy like a spider in a web that keeps getting destroyed. Whereas if we see our path as always being glued on our feet and that it's always a safe place and happiness is always right glued to our shoes, we don't have to fanatically tr attempt to manipulate the reality around us. And it, it's just a more comfortable place. Matthew Broderick in the movie uh, Glory uh, was a uh, white, I believe, lieutenant mm -hmm. who was in charge of the first all-black uh, troops in the Civil War. And of course they had to train the troops and uh, he found he had to, like any troop training, he had to be very uh, uh, firm and fierce to train these people. And um, he was, um, and this was such a tell, uh, when the, the day was over, within three or four minutes they were singing and dancing and laughing. And he commented to himself how none of that um, negatively impacted, that if this had been all white guys, they'd be sitting there smoking cigarettes going, oh, gee, I'm beat. This was terrible. You know, I'm, I'm just worn out from the day. Uh, but the black people were going, black guys were going, oh, my God, finally, he's done. Let's have some fun. See the difference? The, well, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was um, reputed to be a lot of people that have been held, held in indentureship, sure, yeah. <laughs> in mm -hmm. servitude. And it's because you never knew what tomorrow was going to bring. You didn't know if you were going to be killed or yeah. sent away somewhere. So enjoy the moment while you can. And I think that there are definitely um, a lot that we can learn from that. If you look at Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, there was mm -hmm. um, cases like that in the concentration camps as well. Sure. That, that why speculate about tomorrow? Because worry is always about tomorrow. It's always about the future. It can't be about now. You can't worry about right now. What if that worries Worry me? is always in the future. Regret being in the past and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But letting go. Think of it as the carpet. Just let go and, and walk on. Don't feel like you have to pave the way. Another thing is that um, I was thinking that love supersedes separation. So if you remember that, love always brings out anything unlike love so that it may be healed. And so even if it looks like you're having a great deal of conflicts with someone, they're just mirroring that love back at you in a way that things unlike itself can come out to be healed. So don't think of them as wedges. Think of them as things to be healed and, and that it's quite an honor to share that with someone. And that peace always supersedes justice. One morning I, I woke up in the middle of the night, there was something somebody had done that I felt was very unfair, and I've got that whole Libra thing going on as well, but uh, I, I do feel justice is a very important thing to me at times, but I also know that if it's stealing my peace, then peace always trumps justice. And um, in the middle of the night, I, I was worried about something, and a guide came to me and said, well, what do you want in this situation? I said, I want so-and-so to do what, blah, blah, blah. No, what do you really want? I said, I just want to feel at peace about this. And so the guy said that, why don't you just go to peace? 
Why do you have to sit here and ruminate over all this? Just go to peace. So I wrote in my journal, my dream journal, justice equals peace. And I, it was so powerful for me. So we can just know that love always supersedes separation and peace always supersedes justice. So if anything's separating, it's just love bringing out anything unlike love so that it may be healed. Well, love is the single principle. Uh, and you can get to it. It may take a while, but there is nothing that is not love. There is nothing that is not love. It's a matter of recognizing mm -hmm. it. If you don't recognize it as love, then you're simply not recognizing it. And our brains to, are set up to recognize the 0.01% of reality is love. Love can only be sweet. Love can only be uh, clear. Love can only be uh, peaceful. Love can only be all the, all these things we have to uh, overqualify what love actually is. When love is actually everything, love plays this enormous game of being invisible so that we recalibrate our method of thought, recalibrate the um, techniques by which we think and uh, to the point of the next book is uh, identifying the, um, uh, is giving up the language of uh, doubt in favor of the language of love, the idea of uh, uh, being more readily able to recognize love as what's going on all the time. Uh, if somebody wanted to call in with why it is that something is not love, we can. Uh, I believe would be able to show you. Sure, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, because that's and also, uh, you know, you're hitting upon a, a very valuable point too, because it's often said that there are only two emotions, love and fear, or there are only two things. Fear doesn't exist. Fear is a, is a fiction. It's only love. Yeah. Love, and then the idea, uh, the misconception that you're separate from it. Uh, I remember um, writing something on it via automatic writing a number of years back mm -hmm. that was talking about. Everything that we think of as negative, like anger, fear, doubt, worry, or whatever, guilt, um, guilt it's all love missing a component. And mm -hmm. so it's never anything other than love. It's just missing a component. Component. It might be awareness. It might be uh, fear of separation, like sadness is just love acting out in the paradigm of separation and various other things like that. Mm -hmm. But. Um, I, I would also like to say, in, in regards to being happy, is that it's important to acknowledge that we live amongst other humans. And I've talked of, in other shows, my tribe idea that I, I would like for us all to be a part of, and that is the me-we tribe, because the me can't exist without the we, and the we can't exist without the me. And so it's not like just going from this martyrdom we mentality and jump right into the me because that's not going to work either. There is an aspect of us that contributes to a whole gestalt of something. We're not just one isolated thing. And so we have to sometimes let go and allow another person to go ahead of you in line. If it's not on your path, then, um, and I know I'm jumping into another topic, but if it's not on your path, a warrior doesn't engage in anything that's not on her path. So sometimes, what's on your path is to allow someone to go ahead of you. There is a great reward in that as well. Yeah. Power. We don't recognize at all how powerful we are. We do recognize how unpowerful, mm -hmm. how full of doubt. Well, all of these things seem to be so easy to recognize. 
feared out wearing guilt? No, there's no question about recognizing that. Oh, oh guilt's a little more fun to recognize because it doesn't remain guilt for very long. It turns into resentment and self-punishment and anybody you see acting out feels very guilty <laughs> about something or other for them to um, uh, be demonstrating an anti-personal behavior pattern wherever that might be. And they call it anti-social, it's actually anti-personal. But this concept of um, understanding the world through a different lens and um, then bringing up a generation speaking a language that readily identifies um, everything that's going on as a form of love. And we would pass, we would become the advanced civilization, which is not nearly so difficult as people seem to think. It's uh, in fact inevitable. And you yourself are becoming more and more ascended. Look at 10 years ago. Look, well, look at 100 years ago. It's easier to see. I'm not that old. Yes, you are. Look. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So, oh, religion was really still ruling and uh, in the sense of the more primitive version of it, the, um, there weren't gurus. Uh, gurus didn't show up in this country to win the 20s, I believe. You know, we're so far advanced. We're so spiritually ascended compared to where we were even in that uh, primitive period where all the numbers began with 19. Yeah, since it's become the 2000s, we're... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to share something um, that came to me in the meditation. We had a, a little bit of a meditation time before the show. And, oh, yeah. And I, I don't know if I'm getting this verbatim. I did write it at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's something good for all of us to learn from, myself included. Uh, and that is, don't expect appreciation for things no one asked for is a key to happiness. Yeah. So let's say you think that your daughter would benefit from these lovely pairs of, pair of socks or uh, you want your son to read this book or to become a doctor or whatever and so you sacrifice to give this to this person, you know, your husband or your wife or your aunt or whatever and then you feel invalidated because there's not this great show of appreciation. If we just said, it's still okay to give gifts that aren't asked for, I think. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. And I'm admitting that there, there are probably a lot of correct answers to that. But if you aren't expecting some form of appreciation from it, then you're not going to be disappointed. You're not going to be unhappy. So if you can't give something without the expectation of appreciation or, or happiness or reception of some sort, then mm -hmm. it's probably best that you don't give it. Wasn't it a, St a Crosby, Stills, uh, Nash song that says, if you can't do it with a smile on your face, you ain't got no right to do it at all, like talking about a revolution mm -hmm. um, or any kind of a, well, a The change. smiling revolution makes sense to me. Actually, the word expectation, ex meaning outside of, mm -hmm. and pectation being some sort of a Pecking high fruit taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it would be impectation would be the word to actually use. Um, as long as we look outside of ourselves, we find the illusion. You can get to the point where you can experience the direct uh, divinity. Uh, but that will be from looking inside the X-Files for misinformation. 
-hmm. The answer is certainly not out there. The answer is in here, and you have the answer. Now, as far as the gifts goes, I understand that the Native Americans had that beat from, oh, a very long time ago, in that if you gave something to someone and they didn't want it, they were allowed to re-gift it, and that was normal. But the propaganda machine turned that into Indian giving, and so now um, re-gifting is the modern word uh, that is supposed well, to- Well, re is when you take it and give it to someone else. The other is when you take it back, is what you're talking about, where if I gave you a tablet and I took it back and gave it to someone else. Right? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was just clarifying what you were saying, uh, asking for clarification. It's all, it's all good. Yes, yeah, okay. So I just have to start that again for just to find out where I was exactly. So the Native Americans said that it was okay that if you didn't want something, you could give it to someone else. And then the modern word became regifting, which reinstated that. In other words, somebody gave me something I didn't care for, and I gave it to somebody else, mm -hmm. and that was just fine. I think so, we get, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly the, um, well, uh, the I technique was, the that works. Well, the clarification that I was asking for is um, when you have told that in the past, you were saying, if I were to give you something and you didn't use it, I could ask for it back and give it to someone who would use it, yeah. which is one thing. And then the regifting is is that same concept, but it is if I give you that gift and you don't want it, and you personally give it to someone else. And so I think both of those are an interesting thing. Yeah. Because if the, like uh, the idea, many years ago, my sister gave me a hot dog cooker that was more like an execution device, where you poked a hot dog on this <laughs> electrical prong and you yeah. folded it over to this other one. You could cook 10 at a time. and. I, I really did not want that, but I loved my sister dearly. I loved the idea of the gift. And so I lugged that around with me for years and I never used it. And to then enter. I felt guilty like 20 years later when I finally got rid of it. But then what I've learned from that is if people give me a gift, I say, oh, thank you for the idea of the gift because that's so meaningful. Yes. And mm -hmm. then I, I, I'll share it with someone else if that's the case. But, but I, I also like that concept of maybe telling the person, I, uh, is there someone else that you would like to gift more? I don't know. It's a whole new arena. Before we uh, met, I made, was making aluminum sculptures all the time, and I ran across that very device that your sister gave you, and I made it the mouth on this <laughs> um, mask that was um, an aluminum uh, uh, restaurant class, elliptical aluminum pan, you know, that would have uh -huh. held 40 glasses on it. And it was perfectly in scale to the mouth on that thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was very interesting. That's one that disappeared over the years. I you, really Your aluminum sculpture is brilliant. It really well, thank is you. brilliant. Yeah. We ought to pull out I all always the pieces we of, have and bring them on the show. I have on occasion brought a few on. We're, we're recording uh, 2000, I mean 243, the tape, in a particular broadcast that had aluminum artwork in the background. Are we, here we go. Okay. Ah, good. All right. So this is uh, how many sizes? Seven. Okay. Seven is truly a magical number. This is one of the, in my mind now, early geometries that I've done. It's the Escher thing. <laughs> well, it is. It very much defies a certain logic of the it mind. Does. And uh, then again, it doesn't. And the more you look at it, the more it's symmetric and logical. I know. It's but wild. the impression of it, yeah. 
So it's really a multi-dimensional piece that allows itself to open to um, sevens in general uh, carry magic with them. And so I, I would use that particular painting in uh, an initiation, or it would work well as an initiation. Oh, especially look at the in those card colors. I drew for it. Brilliance. Yeah. Um, I hope. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or uh, it's okay. You sure. usually ask me to. Uh -huh. Anyway, brilliance, and we talked about that last week. It's about a radiance of uh, a light, so that certainly is. Mm -hmm. It steps up the energy. Yeah, it looks very different in the studios it does on the camera. You got it on the other one. This is the painting I just posted on. Um, the website. Uh, fine. It's on, on our the website. Website, yeah. yeah. Go to the website. You can, go to our you website. can it's easier. Uh, get to this one. And this is the Oreo of Death. Yeah. And um, someone said Death by Chocolate, but the I Oreo <laughs> of Death, yes. And uh, I will stand by it. It is um, not a particularly healthy thing to put in your body, an Oreo. And it uh, doesn't serve well. And to watch a kid knock off an entire package of Oreos and a gallon of milk by himself right before he goes to bed. <laughs> yes, I have pinhole cameras all over the planet. I wondered I'll, where you saw that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, perhaps I was that kid, but nonetheless, it uh, <laughs> will take care of those nasty things called teeth. Yes, they won't be there too long. And um, also takes care of uh, what was it? Oh, the pancreas and a number of other things. It has detrimental effect on. It really does. It's time for the human race to outgrow sugar. This is another addiction no one knows that they have. And when I stopped eating sugar, I realized that sugar is actually an essence. Sweetness is actually an essence. That if someone does something pleasant, you do pleasant things for people. That's a very sweet thing to do. And the person can actually receive physical nourishment from someone doing something sweet for them, but not in our culture, not speaking this language, and not necessarily at this time, although it is possible to do. Once you give up the physical addiction to sugar, you grow a new sensory apparatus, and you look for what is sweet. So, and I can certainly see how people in India can stop eating simply because they do a ceremony at sunrise and a ceremony at sunset. I, I just get it. You download enough true. of the, uh, the uh, mana of life from that experience that it would not be necessary to nourish the body physically. And they're called saints, and uh, India seems to spit them out by the truckload. And go ahead. Um, well, there was a couple things there. I was going to comment on the Oreo cookie. It's uh, probably more the cream filling inside that's so dangerous. So why don't you just do a big white circle and then let people speculate death why by is filling. That? Yeah. Oh, the, the filling of death or whatever. Okay. Terrible filling to have. Yeah, and, and it shows you that when one is very happy and their life is rewarding, their spiritual life is rewarding, they, they don't crave alcohol and sugar and those sorts of things. It's just, yeah. it's not as Yeah, it's, it's a deficit thing. And the kids being brought up, uh, you, know, uh, you know, if you go down the, the sugar aisle, pardon me, the oh. cereal aisle in a um, supermarket, and you read the percent of the, the cereals for children that are... Uh, yeah, I know. that they, They've passed a law now that 
it can't be 90% sugar anymore. Oh, it has to good, be 70%. 85. Yeah, oh, good. That's Anyway, that's better. the card I pulled on your um, cookie, and it's yes. the healing card. Oh, good. So that's good. Yeah. I'm saying uh, if you put that up in your, your kitchen, <laughs> that will change the landscape significantly. Put it on the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to play the tuning forks now, and these are... Um, uh, but this particular group that I'm playing are the tuning forks that your body, your chakra system is based on, the C scale. And so if you w would like to participate in it, you can just close your eyes and let the vibrations, because we will be able to hear them over my, uh, my uh, microphone. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I will do that now. So make yourself comfortable. the C and this is the D. This is high C. Okay, that was a full set. It's mm -hmm. amazing how that can revive you. It's just like doing the bowls, but it's a more portable thing, and it really changes your energy. Would you like to show some of your brilliant copper devices? Oh, sure. And your um, silver device? Uh, well, we've been doing, um, here, show the Tesla coil, uh, pardon me, the um, Chokure. Okay. We have one uh, up and uh, one at some point. Oh, we'll the one in that. the back of this? Yeah, but show this. One, evidently. Okay, here we go. And uh, yeah, and this is the tradition, the chokure. And uh, suddenly, one of them in my hands just became three-dimensional. So yeah, you can sideways. See the side. Yeah, 
See, it sticks up. There we go, like that. I love this version. Uh, and that's just far more comfortable held in the hand. It's a very different... Uh, I'm going to get these made in silver shortly. I think that's just a prize and a half. And uh, they are an interdimensional transducer. They are an interdimensional access device. The uh, right angle access, an aerial, uh, any right angle you want to name, uh, is an interdimensional access point, which is why the feng shui people are so sensitive about them. And uh, Do you want to get the big one? I thought Rick was going to get a shot of it momentarily. Uh, this principle of the coil you're very familiar with if you've ever cooked on an electric stove. The uh, burner uh, radiates uh, just like this device, radiates it out. And uh, the other end of it plugs into electricity. It transduces the electricity into heat. Very easy to understand. This transduces supernal information into very usable uh, frequency down here uh, for us. It works in both directions at the same time. It's a zero-point device. It takes what we would call negativity and uh, transports it into another dimension where it is called energy. And at the same time, uh, it brings information from a more advanced world into our world. And uh, people say it feels so good to hold these. I don't understand why. So the next step up on the chokure, it just occurred to me for usual in a landslide effect. So these are what I, whoa, there we go, just a second, okay. They like to balance with each other. Uh, these are uh, what I'm calling amplified chokure. And um, uh, this uh, collects quite a charge. It's a capacitor. It's like sticking a capacitor into um, electricity, for example. You increase the capacity of it, which is why it's called a capacitor. Okay, so the right angle, and then it radiates out, and it's dimensionality. It's, uh, there we go. Oh, and those works. are solid copper, even solid the ball is solid copper. Yeah. So it's quite and they're, they're a nice set. They really do work. And I just uh, noticed that if you, uh, I don't know how well your eyes are. I did see that. Yeah, okay. And you can see that there's a current between it and I've been playing with them on the show, you can, you can get that to bend. It would prefer to <laughs> be in a straight... I totally see that. Yeah, it would prefer to be in a straight line, but you can bend it. And then I realized that you, that's like a little ticker tape. It's um, uh, giving me information on me. Now, I understand it's all coated through the copper, so once I look past the idea that it's coated through the copper, you can see information going by. So then someone uh, skilled at... Um, understanding, um, you know, like the frequencies, uh, would be able to read what was going on in the person with, the, um, with these devices. So these are just uh, wonderful in their amplified form. Well, since we're close to the duck, do you mind yeah. if we move to the next one real quick? Yeah, just sure, let's do this. This is your next one, which is your okay. copper Tesla coil. Okay, and you... Hold it like this. Do you want to tell the story really quickly? Well, um, if you sit like with your hands and the palms of your feet together, or the soles of your feet, uh, you're completing a complete circuit within your own energy system. If you hold these, just like the Tesla or the Tesla technology that steps up electricity and steps it down, 
you can then change your energy field by doing this. There was also and, uh, somebody on the show that had um, put blood on a dark, under a dark, dark field microscope and the blood cells started dying after a time being separate from the body and they aimed one of these at it and it started vibrating, moving again and then it had this aura, this white glowing aura around it. Yeah, and then in the silver it's amplified to an even higher I've been mm -hmm. playing with these all the time. And this is solid silver. Mm -hmm. And one thing, um, it, it's not essential to press on these. I've noticed oh, that yeah. people tend to press and you don't need to, yeah. uh, just very lightly. I even like doing this. Mm -hmm. So it's time for the duck? Evidently the duck has uh -huh. arrived or will be arriving. Okay, has already so anyway, arrived. that's that. And yeah. we'll show that up close later. Mm -hmm. All right, so... Here's the duck, and there's our managing duck dangler. He's managing to dangle the duck. Thank you, Rick. By the way, he's manning aging. Yes, if anyone would <laughs> like to I hear volunteer, the duck that's funny. Anyone would like to volunteer a camera and so forth for telepathic TV, we would adore it. We would love it if you would come. Okay, uh, I got for the next three days. Say, I believe in miracles three times as soon as you wake up, and then open your eyes to them. In order to find her true self, the spiritual warrior erases her personal history. Let go of your past. Oh. These yeah. are from Mary's Magical Message Cards, mm -hmm. which if you want to call in for a reading, I'll pull one of those for you as well. Yeah. Uh, one other comment about happiness is seeing yourself as equal as to everything else. Uh, not better, not worse. It gets you out of that whole competition game, which can be very liberating. Yeah, and another profound realization in that category is to recognize that no matter what it looks like, everything that happens in your life is on your side. If you can retrain your mind to put that information up online when something, quote, disastrous happens, then the, the distance between the event and your recognizing it is far shorter than if you just run with the word disaster and flail your arms until you're dead, uh, which we've seen people do. And we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. Edith. Hi, Edith. How are we doing? Good. I was just calling uh, for a reading from Mary, mm -hmm. and I'll hang up. Thank you very much. Well, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Edith. Marvelous. Well, Yes, thank you, Edith. We appreciate you calling for sure. Well, the first card I uh, pulled for you is the traveling card, and it shows a suitcase because that's a like a representation of uh, going somewhere, traveling or whatever. But I feel that you've also gotten things down in a more compact way in your life, and they are so much more easily transported. And what I mean by that is our past, like sometimes we call it baggage, and there was some movie that Neville would probably know the name of where the guy said um, something about um, these suitcases you carry, just set them down. And, and sometimes if it gets down to one suitcase, we know we've really streamlined our life. And here's the brilliance card. Uh, the colors don't show up quite as well as they were originally. It was like this uh, fading out of uh, an or, or fading... Uh, a gradiated aura there and it's talking about looking at your brilliance and the more we uncover of ourselves by dropping off those old suitcases of stuff the more brightly we shine 
And then boundaries, and the definition of this card is that uh, boundaries are not hard fixed walls. They're actually fluid points of choice. What we want with a boundary is not to say you can never come and visit me at 10 o'clock at night. What we would like is to have the choice. And most of the time we're going to choose no because I'd like to go to bed. But sometimes we'd like to say yes. And if the boundaries are too rigid, we're putting ourselves in, this, in a prison just as if we had no boundaries. It's just in the other direction. So keep flexible. Uh, break your own rules, not to set too many rules, and um, happiness does come. But you may also want to look at um, some situations in your life now and re-examine those boundaries. So thank you. Excellent. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hey, David. Mary. Hi, David. What can Hi. I do for you? How are you all tonight? Good, thanks. Good. Um, I'd like a reading on um, about a relationship that is with someone I know um, <laughs> that I'm going to be working with shortly at a television station. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. So the first card is silence. What this is talking about is, I don't know if you've ever been to the beach in the evening where you sit there and yeah, there's a lot of noise from the waves, but there's an inner silence that you get when you go there. I feel like what it's saying is just take it slow, take it easy, let the waves come, let the waves go. Don't get attached to too much because that attachment makes us rigid. That makes relationships difficult to begin when we have attachments to things. Knowledge is telling you maybe to get to know her a little better uh, or um, just open yourself up and, and be friends for a while, maybe share some information about yourself and not be in any big hurry. And when you do it that way, when there's not this sense of urgency and attachment, the doors usually open quite wide and that's when we can really get to know each other. <clears throat> Often there's so much pressure to have romantic relationships that we, we miss the opening because we're so attached to this, this path, you know. Okay. So thank you, David. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? <coughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Good. What can um, we do for you? I just, I really admire you guys. And thank you. I've watched for years. Mary, I'd love a reading. Okay. I've worked for so many years helping other people. Suddenly I find myself able to make a change for myself, and I'm scared of change. Mm. Yeah, that's because we do get into that format, you know, of what we're supposed to do. Well, I did shuffle the cards quite well, but we got the knowledge card again. And this is talking about you getting to know who you are. It's, it's like there, if you look on that board, there's knowledge of magic, of the world, of our cycles, of chemistry, of the angelic realm, of our brain. There's knowledge in all forms, uh, all sorts. And now's the time where you're really devoting to getting to know yourself and coming out of your old patterns. Now, this card says messages from spirit, so sometimes that can come up to say that you have a gift for getting information from spirit. So listen to it, pay attention to it, and that we have to reach up every bit as much as that them reaching down. And so you're being given this opportunity to really go for it, and it wouldn't have come up in your life if it wasn't the perfect thing. And just continue going, not, not in spite of the fear, but that just the fear is inconsequential to you. It's just the boundary of a belief system, that's all. 
and it's saying to take a breather. So you said that you've been helping people for all these years. And so now's the time to get to know yourself, to get in contact with your spirit and what it's telling you and relax and have some time off yeah. if you can. It's a very simple axiom. Before you can help anyone else, you have to help yourself. Before you can love anyone else, you have to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you won't be alive to help anyone yeah, else. The whole I know thing. in the mid 80s, any number of people that were light workers all got the same message. Stop working on others and start working on yourself. And that, that actually happened. Yeah, it's And very so good. it's, yeah, very important to understand that aspect. I know, just one. I just wanted to. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name's Michael. Michael. I'd like to get a reading from Mary in sure. the areas of my business. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank you for calling. Okay, the first card is divine timing. Now, here's the thing. Divine timing has this, this fuller picture that we can't possibly have in our head. So what it's saying is that um, sometimes it's a matter of synchronizing and when we're not attached to an outcome or something outside of us, we can easily step into that divine flow. I always feel like Forrest Gump was a great model of that. He was just in his flow. And so divine timing is telling you maybe to take a, a, a step, a step over, like take a step out, let the river flow a minute, and step back in again. And that can just be in a frame of mind or consciousness. Now the friendship, um, these two flowers are in the same pot sharing that dirt and everything. And really you have to be at peace with those around you. So maybe there are other things in the context of your business either partners or somebody that you depend on or that depends upon you that maybe um, that might serve a little watering and nurturing right now in order to make things go forward. Sometimes we have to walk holding hands with others, but I don't feel that that's something you need to be as your goal permanently, but it might be something that you do for a while to get things moving or whatever. And then we get the breather card, which means sit down in your easy chair, taking it easy. I feel like it's going to have a really wonderful uh, trajectory for you that's going to enable you maybe even to go off and do something else while that continues to make money for you or uh, being in a position of some kind of residual thing. So thank you. Okay. Yeah. I was, we do uh, have the bowls this month. 16. Um, it's going to be on the 16th at 7 p.m. Uh, I'll have the information on the website soon. But it's a wonderful night of uh, great tune-ups. And we're also going to be doing tuning forks with Venus and Mars to balance this uh, male-female aspect within you and also the sun and the moon and the earth to ground all that. Mm -hmm. So you'll be getting lots of experience. Uh, we usually have a wonderful time. We sure. always do. We're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle. If you're in the area and out and about, stop in and see us. We are real, contrary to all these rumors. <laughs> and uh, let me see, there was uh, something else interesting, but it uh, doesn't come to mind. So everything keeps expanding. It's the nature of the universe. And uh, these are the amplified choku rays. I'm very happy with these objects. And it has probably already occurred to you that you can uh, uh, rearrange neuron patterns more easily and uh, far more directly. You can uh, be my favorite healer instead of my favorite Martian. Yeah. There we go. And you can work on your ears as we get older. We don't want to hear this stuff anymore. 
and so we tend to not listen. They think there's something the matter that this the ears really, are wearing this out. This solid silver one is magnificent. Yeah, yeah. If anybody's interested, you could always contact us because I'm sure you could get more made up. Yeah, Boy, all of these things. It vibrates, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it was our joy and honor to take you all to the door this evening. Your choice to go through it is usually what Neville says. I was busy.